Welcome to another edition of Who's Better Baseball, the podcast where we answer a simple question on each show. Who's better at baseball? I'm your host, Ryan Ficklestein, managing editor at JustBaseball.com. i got Elijah Evans with us here. He does a ton of social media work for us. So if you follow Just BB Media, you will see some of Elijah's fine work for us. And he has been cranking out World Baseball Classic Team previews. Do you know, Elijah, how many you have written? Because I feel like you're definitely leading I- the league. Yeah, I think I'm at six or seven. I've been doing like one a day for the last like week and a half. So I think I think I'm at seven now. Actually, uh, I've been I've been going one by one, but it's been it's been a lot of fun. Honestly, it's cool. It's it's amazing what we've been able to do. I, I uh, as the managing editor took Team USA and then I bowed out. I was very I was very uh, <laughs> I delegated this task, but we wanted to preview each team. We're getting there before the tournament. We have already uh, tabs at the website. You can find or we will have tab. Uh, World Baseball Classic Team Previews. You can click on each of our previews. And as we're recording this, this is a little bit ahead of when we're going to be releasing it, Monday, ahead of the tournament, as we will be going through your power rankings, which should also be published as people are listening and watching this. So we have your rankings of all of these teams. And while we could discuss, you know, our team Israel, uh, really, (laughs) if we think about who can win this tournament, there, there's kind of seven teams that maybe separate themselves from the pack that we're going to really zero sure. in on for today's show in our power ranking. So we begin with your six and seven. And I know this is the first time where you really had to debate with yourself, Korea, Mexico, Korea, Mexico. What did you see with these two teams? And do you think, you know, what do they have that, that could allow them to win this tournament? Yeah. You know, both these teams have a lot of experience. They've, They've got a vast variety with Korea. You see a lot of like the top players in the KBO. Um, and while the KBO is generally regarded as a little bit of an inferior league internationally, as opposed to MLB and the NPB in Japan, um, there's some stars from Korea. I mean, they've got like the all-star team from the KBO is competing in this tournament. And then you factor in, you know, Korea's got a middle infield of two MLB up and coming stars um, between Tommy Edmond and Hassan Kim. Um, and those two are about as good as it gets defensively. Um, so you you put an all-star team of just nothing but the superstars from Korea with two really, really good middle infielders from the MLB. Um, and you got a really solid team. And then you look at Team Mexico, on the other hand, who has a lot more MLB talent, um, but is definitely a little bit thinner overall than Korea. Uh, Mexico, you know, their strong suit is their starting rotation. They are just stacked there. Um, Julio Arias is obviously one of the best in the game. Um, you've got Patrick Sandoval. You've got Jose Urquidy, Taiwan Walker. Um, so they're they're really deep in the pitching staff, and they you know will be able to limit a lot of these really strong offenses that we see throughout the tournament. So it's it's they're both you know they're very different teams and they have different strengths, but they both you know could really make some noise. And they're both set up in a group situation where they are definitely favored to at least advance in the second place in their groups. And you know they once they get to the final eight, both these teams could really make some noise, in my opinion. Yeah, you know, you you look at that rotation for Mexico. How much do we kind of wait what a rotation's impact is going to have in this tournament? It's so weird because we don't know exactly how deep these guys go. I guess when you get into the later stages of the tournament, we might see a guy get through four or five. But, you know, how much do the rotations factor into these rankings? Is it easier to project kind of the floor of a good position player core team like Korea might have as opposed to a team where the pitching is a little bit better in Mexico. 
A hundred percent. It's it's tricky, and that is honestly where this ranking came in for me. Um, because you know I have Korea at seven, at six, and then Mexico falling it at seven. And while Mexico's rotation is great, as you said, we don't know how much guys are going to pitch in the World Baseball Classic. I mean, there's a good chance that Arias, as a guy who is already generally limited by the Dodgers because of how strong the bullpen is, he might not throw more than four innings in a game. So when you look beyond that for Mexico. They've got Giovanni Gallegos in the bullpen, but beyond him, they don't have a ton of established relievers. So that is kind of where I actually lean Korea is because I trust their offense a little bit more overall, and they've got a little more star power in the offense while also having a pretty solid rotation. I mean, they've got guys who generally like the best pitchers in the KBO are all on this Korean team. So they've got a lot more depth. They have, they have a pretty much like 10 guys that are all like all-star level players in Korea. So while Mexico has that, you know, that flash with the rotation, considering how much depth is going to matter on the pitching side of things, I actually lean Korea in large part because of that. And I also wonder with, with Korea and even Japan, you know, a lot of times they're in some ways showcasing their league in a tournament like this, where some of these teams are more MLB stars. Uh, you know, obviously they want to represent their country and they want to perform well, but there might be a little more pride behind them. I'm I'm curious how that plays into this, and I also want to know from Korea's side, who is the the K- KBO star that's on this roster that we're going to get a taste of that might be coming to the MLB soon. Yeah. So, you know, I think a factor of the countries plays a big deal Um, with Mexico. The thing with Mexico is, you know, it is close to the U.S. So I expect a ton of Mexican fans at the games, especially in the pool play and the remaining rounds there in Arizona and Florida, because there's going to be a lot of that pride. But, you know, the KBO and, and the NPB in Japan and Korea, they are the biggest baseball countries probably outside of the United States. And they they want to show that off. Um, So when you look at Korea, Jung Ho Lee is a Korean center fielder and he's really good. If you, if people haven't gotten the chance to go watch this guy and some clips of him, he's a star. He won the MVP last year in the KBO. He hit 349, I believe last year with a 996 OPS. Um, I mean, he's really good. He can field, he can run. I mean, he's a true five tool player. Um, You know, we've seen a lot of guys come over from Korea and not have the most success, but Lee is somebody that I, you know, I really think is going to be good. He's, he's still, he's super young still. Um, there's a good chance it'll take him another year, maybe two years, but I think he's looking to get posted next offseason to the MLB. So that's a guy to definitely look out for. Um, he's he's going to be a star. Yeah, and, and that's that's one of the best parts about this tournament is getting to see some guys that you don't typically see. It's either th- those up-and-coming, you know, kind of MLB prospects who aren't quite over yet, or then you have on the other side of it, you get to teams like Venezuela and Puerto Rico that might have some guys that are aging their way out that they get an opportunity to shine again like a Miguel Cabrera, and that is a professional transition yep. if you've ever heard one, Elijah. So let's yep. get into that. Venezuela or Puerto Rico? Uh, you ended up skewing Venezuela here when you were making your rankings. What made you put them ahead of Puerto Rico when Puerto Rico has maybe done a little bit better in this tournament traditionally? Yeah, you know, I think Puerto Rico has, has definitely been the more dominant World Baseball Classic team in the past, but I think this year it's flipping a little bit. You know, Venezuela's roster this year looks a little better than they have, and Puerto Rico's actually looks a little bit weaker than they have in the past. You know, Puerto Rico was the runner-up the last tournament, and they have continued to be a powerhouse, but I think Venezuela's team top to bottom is really deep. There's not a hole in that team. You look at the roster, and 
top to bottom, they have guys at every single positional group that are really solid MLB players. So, you know, where Puerto Rico might have a few more unproven players throughout the roster, I just like the depth with Venezuela. I mean, you're going to have guys like potentially Glaber Torres or Miguel Rojas or Eugenio Suarez that are coming off the bench for Venezuela because they have so much depth. And, you know, they've They've got a few, they've got some star power. They've got Jose Altuve. They've got Ronald Acuna Jr. I mean, they, they've got a really good balance of some star players with a lot of depth throughout the roster that is going to help keep them in games. And on top of that, like we talked about with starting pitching, you know, Venezuela has seven, maybe eight, like established MLB starting pitchers, which is something that I don't think a single other team can actually say in this tournament. So while Venezuela is definitely doesn't have you know the the history of being quite as productive as puerto rico they've got depth all across the lineup and they've got the star power in addition to their depth to really make it happen i i think what's uh great about all the teams when we get into the top five is you could see any team kind of putting it together for a tournament like you could see with francisco lindor leading puerto rico edwin diaz in that bullpen you know any team you know can put together a good run of a couple of weeks Compare the pitching, though, because I do think that that is where, even though Puerto Rico might be a little bit weaker as far as just overall depth when it comes to position players, I think the star power is still there. Compare the two staffs that we're looking at here, because uh, looking at the names of Venezuela, I do think there's a little more. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you've got Marcus Stroman from Puerto Rico, who it's a really interesting story because he, you know, he was the most valuable player of the last World Baseball Classic with the U.S. team um, and actually decided to play for Puerto Rico this year because his mother's Puerto Rican and he decided that's what he wanted to do. He wanted to change and play for Puerto Rico and see if he can get them their first championship. And, you know, he's he's an established, he's a vet, he's been around, he's really good. You got Jose Barrios behind him, who is obviously coming off one of the worst seasons of the MLB, but, you know, he's he's a really good pitcher still. He's got experience. He's done. He's been around for a while. Um, Beyond that, the starting rotation is a little shaky for Puerto Rico. They don't have another truly established starter um, behind that. But you get to their bullpen, and Puerto Rico's got a really good bullpen. You have Edwin Diaz, obviously, your Mets guy, who's probably the best closer in baseball right now. You've got Alexis Diaz, who's up and coming, really good. Jorge Lopez. You've got a variety. Emilio Pagan of the Twins. There's a variety of really good veteran pitchers in that bullpen. On the Venezuelan side, you've got seven, eight guys, like I mentioned, who are legitimate starters. You've got Pablo Lopez, Martin Perez, Jesus Lazardo, Eduardo Rodriguez, Luis Garcia, Ranger Suarez. I mean, the list they, they literally keeps going. I mean, Venezuela can, even if guys are only throwing four to five innings a game, let's say, they can piggyback their first starter with a second starter who's also really good. And then you look into their bullpen, you've got Jose Alvarado, who was elite for the Phillies and a big part of their run in the playoffs last year. And then a few other guys who have a little MLB experience here and there with Jose Ruiz and a few others in that bullpen. But, you know, it really doesn't even matter almost because half of their starters will end up being relievers. So Venezuela, you know, while Puerto Rico does have that name value of Marcus Stroman and Edwin Diaz, you know, I think Venezuela's pitching staff with having eight guys who are competent starters in the league is going to be really, really key for them. I think that one of the conversations we were going to have during this show is to discuss depth. I think this is actually a perfect place to have that conversation. When it comes to depth, is it, I'm assuming it's way more important to have that depth when it comes to your pitchers. Whereas, you know, if you can put together, you know, nine guys in a lineup that are hitting well, you almost don't need much behind them in a short tournament like this. Right. I think, I think it changes things, but you know, 
it is, there's something to be said for some hitting depth because of, you know, situational hitting. And there's going to be times where having, you know, a big lefty bat or a big contact hitter or a speed guy on your bench is going to play a big role. You know, we're going to see a lot more pinch running, I think, and a lot more situational pinch hitting than we normally would see in a regular course of the MLB season. Um, so I think it's, it's going to play a role, but as you said, you know, pitching is it, having guys who can really get out, go out there on every two, three days and get you some quality innings is going to be really crucial. And that, in my opinion, is the biggest differentiator with Venezuela because, you know, they've, they've got just nothing but starting pitching that Puerto Rico just really doesn't have. Yeah, no, I look when I, I'm looking at these rosters more and more again, I could really see any of these top five teams winning it. Like you said, even Korea, Mexico, some of these other teams can surprise us, but we get into really the heavy hitters when we get to the top three, uh, Japan team, USA. Sure, very tough to rank which one's better. Do you value the pitching? Do you value the hitting? We're just talking about depth when it comes to Team USA. You know, to be able to have a guy like Bobby Witt off the bench that could just be like, I, I think when I wrote up the the article on Team USA, I said it's like having a Terrence Gore on your playoff team on absolute steroids. Like that's what you're looking at with Team USA, yeah. but their starting depth has fallen off a cliff. Originally, when I wrote that article. They had Kershaw and Nestor Cortez in that rotation, who I think I slotted as the top two guys, and they both fell off. So what's left when it comes to the pitching of Team USA, and why does that maybe make Japan an even more daunting task to to go up against this year? Yeah, you know, this was this was the ranking I, I spent the most time on. You know, I watched, I spent like three days in a row at 1 a.m. watching NPB pitching highlights because, you know, I wasn't it's really hard to determine where you go and what you value in this category, because as you said, you know, the U S pitching, it doesn't look great. I'm not going to lie. I mean, there's, there's guys that are, I mean, with Clayton Kershaw and Nestor Cortez, both dropping out, you know, Kershaw, yes, he's old, but he's still Kershaw. He's a future hall of famer and one of the best pitchers in our generation. Um, And Cortez has been really, really good for the Yankees. And now you look at a rotation that's led by, Adam Wainwright, Lance Lynn, and Merrill Kelly, maybe. Um, Brady Singer behind that, potentially. Um, I mean, it's it's not great. You you look at that those guys, and it's it's good. But when you look at the lineups of some of these top teams with Japan and the Dominican and even Venezuela and Puerto Rico, like those lineups are going to hit those pitchers. So the U.S. is it's it's a little hard to look at them. But you know, I ended up ranking Japan at two, pretty much because of that. Um, and the starting pitching, you know, while the U.S. hitting is, I, I you, there's an argument to be made that the U.S. lineup is the best in the entire tournament, but their starting rotation just isn't on par with some of these other teams. And you know, the big thing with the U.S. is going to be the bullpen. I know you wrote this in your article, but they're going to have to rely on their bullpen. You've got four to five guys who have been closers in the MLB, and a bunch of other guys who like Nick Martinez, you know, who's been a, a swingman, so he can go for a few innings on any given day. And you've got a few other guys like Adovino uh, who have been setup men in their careers mostly, and you know, the bullpen is going to be a huge factor. The U S is going to have to have to go to that bullpen a lot and often, and possibly earlier than most of the teams will have to go to their bullpen. Um, so that's really going to be the biggest thing to, for the U S team is, you know, using that bullpen effectively in a way where it minimizes the little bit of lack of talent and starting rotation. Yeah. I think this is, I mean, an incredible audition for Mark DeRosa who uh, seems like he doesn't necessarily want to manage at the big league level right away, but everyone's kind of tabbed him as a guy that, could be a big league manager in a couple years from now. Maybe we see it. If he can manage that U.S. bullpen on this stage and find a way to win this tournament, it's going to really come down to how he plugs these guys in because the bullpen is that much stronger than right. the rotation. And then it's just a question of, you know, can these starters get you through a lineup one time through maybe and get you two, exactly. two innings, you know, maybe three innings at best. 
uh, to to turn it over. But then we look at that starting lineup, and I, I originally when we had Kershaw and, and Cortez, I ranked you know US and DR on this show. Um, we'll get to DR in a minute, but to be able to look at a team and say, I'm not entirely sure if Pete Alonso is going to start because they got Paul Goldschmidt yeah. and they got other guys that can put a DH. I know JT Ramuto is Will Smith going to be a DH or come off the bench. This position player yeah. core is as loaded as you're going to see in this tournament. Yeah. The, the position players are, are good. I mean, they're really good. Even, even when you look at Japan and the DR, I would argue this lineup might be the best for the U.S. I mean, this is literally like all the best players in the MLB. I mean, you got when you look at an outfield that features Mike Trout and Mookie Betts, that's all you need to know already. I mean, those are two of the best players in the last decade. I mean, as you said, Goldschmidt and Pete Alonso, that's two of the top five first basemen, hands down in the league. You've got Arenado, you've got Trey Turner. I mean, Tim Anderson off the bench is ridiculous. Um, it, it's it's loaded. It's the two best catchers in baseball right now, probably. I mean, the, the lineup is is literally as good as it can be. And, you know, that's going to be the factor. The U.S. is going to have to hit. If they're going to keep up with Japan and the Dominican, they are going to have to hit and hit often. And I, I think they will. That's the thing. Um, but then, I mean, you you factor in the the pitching. The other teams are going to hit, too. And I, I expect a lot of high-scoring games, honestly, especially when we get into the later rounds. I, I don't see any way that this U.S. pitching staff and even some of the other pitching staffs can slow down some of these offenses. I, I think that – you know, we will get into the Japan side a little more in a second here, but I think one of the biggest differentiating factors in this tournament that maybe hasn't been discussed enough is what this might mean to Mike Trout, a guy that hasn't got a chance to play competitive baseball in, in October, who now gets to go on this grand stage. And I know as a Mets guy, yeah. I remember when Captain America was David Wright, when David Wright was going to that tournament, I think it was 2013, after years of the Mets not competing, and he got a chance to showcase how good he was in games that matter. Mike Trout has already said he's not coming and playing in this to, to go out and lose. He wants to win this yeah. tournament. To have him and Mookie Betts on the same team, how fun is that going to be to watch and to see Trout get to play on a stage like this? Unfortunately, we haven't got to see enough of. No, it's going to be incredible. I mean, it's really going to be awesome. Trout deserves that. You know, he's obviously one of the best players. I mean, I, I don't think it's crazy to say he's one of the top five players ever. And I mean, yeah. he's proven that year and year again. I mean, he's how many he has, what, seven top two MVP finishes in the last decade. I mean, it's insane. He's when he's on the field. I mean, you know, health has been a factor of him the last few years. But when he's on the field, he's he's as good as it gets in our sport. And, you know, he is going to come out. He's going to come out firing. And I think a lot of these guys are, honestly, because a lot of these positional players haven't played in this level. I mean, you mentioned Trout and of course, you know, the angels have not been able to get where he's wanted them to, but there's other guys in this lineup too, that have not been able to play at a big stage and have that it factor where they're going to come out and they're going to be ready to go. And this lineup, I mean, it's going to be nearly impossible to slow down the energy that's coming from this lineup, especially Trout and Betts and all these other guys. I mean, it, it's going to be crazy. And you, and you think about, I mean, Sure, you have Trout and Betts at the top of your lineup, and then you fa- you think about the possibility that you're going to be facing, you know, Nolan Arenado or Trey Turner at the six or seven hole in the lineup. I mean, that's just not fair. It's really it's really insane. Um, so you know, I think I think Trout's going to really enjoy this experience, and I think it's going to be a great experience for the entire U.S. team to just get out there and really show what they got. And you know, the offense is it's going to be on the offense um, as we were just talking about. So they're gonna they're gonna have to come through. So. It'll be fun. Despite and despite all of that, they're ranked third behind Japan. So to get into that a little bit, you were watching those MPV games. What did you see from that pitching side that ultimately led you to put Japan behind the DR number two? Yeah, you know, I might I might be crazy for that. And I know there's gonna be a lot of people when they read these rankings that are like, how is the US with that lineup not in the top two? 
But, you know, Japan's pitching staff is insane. I mean, it all starts with Shohei Otani. We know Otani. We've seen Otani. We're not sure exactly how much he's going to be pitching in the World Baseball Classic, but we know he is. He said he's going to it in some capacity. And having a guy like that that's obviously going to be hitting DH for them and pitching to some extent is is nuts. I mean, Otani's as good as it gets. You already Otani right there off the bat is already better than every single pitcher in the starting rotation of the U.S. team easily. And then you look beyond that and you see a guy like you, Darvish, who's been in this tournament multiple times before. He's performed well in this tournament. He's experienced. He just signed a new contract with the Padres. He's motivated. He He's going to be really productive. He's hard to hit. And these guys know him, but he's still a really good pitcher in Major League Baseball. And beyond that, you know, the two best pitchers, hands down, in the NPB last year were Roki Tsutsaki and Yoshinobu Yamamoto. I hope I got those names right. Um but, you know, these two are really good. I spent a lot of time watching these guys. Satsaki throws 100, like, regularly, casually. Um, I'm sure other people have seen this before, but he also threw a 19-strikeout perfect game last year in Japan, which is just, like, that's ridiculous. That should not be a thing. Um, you know, he, he's really, really good. He's young. He's up and coming. He's only been in the NPB, I want to say, for three years. Um, but he's he's incredible. Um, Yamamoto is on the other hand has been like the staple of consistency he's won the last two um, Cy Young the equivalent of the Cy Young award in the NPB um, back-to-back seasons he had a one he has a 184 career ERA which is just insane um, and they're you know they're really really good they both strike out a ton of guys they've got some disgusting pitches I mean they both feature those those classic insanely nice Japanese splitters um, you know when you look at a good comparison for people that don't necessarily watch the NPB, you know, both these pitchers were noticeably better than Kodai Senga last year. So and you're a Mets guy, you know, Kodai Senga, he's exciting, right? He was very clearly the third best pitcher in the Nippon Professional Baseball League last year. And these two were the best by far. So when you factor in, you know, Otani and Yu Darvish, who are established major league pitchers that have, they, they know how to perform in this situation. And then you add in, the two best pitchers that are pitching in Japan by far. And that rotation is going to be really hard to even touch. I mean, these guys are electric. And then, you know, you go beyond that and Japan's team is just like Korea. This is the NPB all-star team aside from the MLB guys that are joining them. So you have guys like Otani and Darvish, and then they're joined by every single one of the best pitchers. The bullpen has four or five guys that are also elite starters with under two ER with under three ERAs probably in the NPB. I mean, they they're just loaded top to bottom. And then you have the two best closers. They have arguably the best closer in NPB history in Yuki Matsui, who has over 200 career saves and a two five one ERA in his career as a closer. Um, so, you know, they, they've got everything. They've got the closers, they've got the starters, they've got the setup men. I mean, they, they truly have everything in the pitching side, which is why I put them over the U.S., which I might totally regret because the U.S.'s lineup is going to mash. But the pitching staff for Japan is really, really good and really deep. You know what's, what's crazy about kind of the, what you just laid out there and, and the thing that jumped out in my head when you were like broaching the, the Otani part of this it almost reminds me of when you watch any of these world basketball tournaments where you have like a Greece or, or, or Slovenia with Giannis or Luca and how they're able to take that team to another level. But instead of Shohei being on a team like that, he's on like Spain. He's on like yes, a really exactly. great like like team that is it has the continuity 
Plus, you have maybe the best, the most impactful, or definitely the most impactful player in the tournament when you factor the fact that he can get you an inning and he's going to be DHing every single game and, and providing yep. you know, one of the best bats in this tournament as well. Yeah, 100%. No, it's it, he, he's going to be special for this team and for the entire tournament. And, you know, we haven't, just like Trout, we haven't seen Otani on the biggest stage yet. And he hasn't pitched in the World Baseball Classic before or played in it. So, you know, him getting the opportunity to really fully showcase his ability is going to be just incredible for everybody watching bottom line. I mean, this tournament, we've been writing about it. We've been discussing it and we're going to continue to be discussing a lot leading up to this thing. The star power is on a whole nother level. It feels like this year. And and I can't wait for it to start. And that leads us to arguably the deepest team. I want to get, I want to get one more. I want to get one more mention on Japan before I move on okay. because their lineup is not their highlight, but I got to, as long as I mentioned the Korean star, I got to mention the one up and coming Japanese superstar. Uh, if you haven't, if you don't know the name yet for anybody, Munateka Murakami is uh, the third baseman and the reigning MVP of the NPB. He won the triple crown last year and while winning MVP and hit 56 home runs in Japan last year. He's also 22 years old he is going to make a name for himself in this tournament. If there is anybody to watch in terms of like, will this guy be an impactful MLB player in the future? It's Murakami. He, he's really insane. I, I watched so many videos of him just destroying home runs. I mean, he has power to every side of the field. He can hit for average. He can hit for power. He can even run a little bit. I mean, he is one of the best players that Japan has ever seen. And eventually if he makes his way over to the United States, I think there will be an insane amount of money being thrown at him. I mean, we're t- I'm talking like Shohei Otani level hype. If not, I mean, he he really is that level of a player. So that's another guy on the Japan side that you got to keep an eye out for because he's going to be really good. I'm glad you mentioned him because, yeah, that's that's exactly what we're looking for in this tournament to, to see these stars yeah. and what they can bring. And, man, it's going to be fun watching Japan go at it with, with the best uh, of the, in this tournament. And if they make it to the championship, they might be facing off against the Dominican Republic, who is just absolutely loaded in the lineup. I think their lineup stacks up a Team U.S. And then you got a Cy Young leading that rotation. Um, yep. Is any team able to compete with just the sheer talent of the Dominican Republic? You know, their their talent's off the charts. The two teams we just talked about have a chance. I think there there is a real world where the U.S. or Japan can match up in a one in a one off game against the DR and win. But just the ample amount of talent on this team is is the best in the tournament. I mean, there, I, I don't. I tried to like give myself reasons when looking at this why they wouldn't be the best team, and and they just are. I mean, you you look at the lineup and you start with. I mean. They, they lost Jose Ramirez, who decided not to play. Jose Ramirez has been one of the most consistent players in the MLB. And the lineup didn't get worse at all, which is crazy to say when you lose one of the top 10 hitters probably in the league. I mean, you've got Julio Rodriguez, who we know is up and coming, Juan Soto, Vladimir Guerrero, Rafael Devers, Manny Machado. I mean, that's the top five probably right there. I mean, that those are all like the best at their top three at their positions, hands down. And then you've got just an ample amount of guys who can really put it together. I mean, you look at of the middle infield guys, you have Wander Franco, Willie Adamas, Cattell Marte, and Jeremy Pena, who two of those guys are going to be on the bench for this team. And those, those are all really good players. The only thing where you can find a weakness with Team DR that isn't necessarily a weakness with some of the other teams is the catching spot. I mean, you've got Gary Sanchez and Francisco Mejia, who, I mean, it's not great. 
but Gary Sanchez is a, he's an MLB catcher. You know, he isn't on a team right now, but he he's caught for many years. He can handle it. And if that's your worst player on the entire roster, you're fine. Right. And then like you mentioned, going over to the pitching side, any rotation that starts with Sandy is going to be good. Um, that's pretty simple, I think. And then you look at, you know, following that up with Christian Javier, who just signed a huge extension with the Astros. That's a, that's a really good start. And then, you know, you do have a little bit of a similar issue with DR that you have with the United States. In a way, the, the difference is it doesn't start as top heavy. So the DR has those two amazing starters, and that's where you really differentiate them. The rest of the rotation with Roenzi Contreras and Johnny Cueto isn't quite as strong. It's more similarly related to the U.S. type guys who are, are good MLB pitchers. And, you know, Contreras is a high potential guy. Um, and he's a young guy. So, you know, they've got some upside. But then you get to the bullpen, and the bullpen is just as good as the U.S., and you have those amazing starters. I mean, they've they've got Duvall, they've got Rafael Montero, Brian Abreu, Gregory Soto. I mean, they, they've got tons of guys in the bullpen that they can throw out there that are going to be good. So, you know, the, this team is, is amazing top to bottom. The one weakness you can pick is the catching spot. But aside from that, there's not a single hole at all. And I think that Sandy as an ace too, it's, you know, it's one thing if Clayton Kershaw was the U.S. ace, right? Yep. It's okay, like, like, you know, when you look at their stats at the end of the season and their effectiveness based on ERA or expect ERA, that might be the same. But Sandy's a dog. Sandy is yep. a guy that's going to go into, you know, maybe not the early part of the tournament, but in a big game to to potentially beat the U.S. or beat Japan. I mean, Sandy would be the guy that would shock us and get through five or six in a tournament, which is not something that you expect these guys to do. And I also think even the hole on their roster, you look at catcher, like Gary Sanchez, the type of guy that could be a world baseball classic hero because it, all it takes is getting hot. And we yeah. know if Gary Sanchez gets hot, he can hit four home runs in this tournament and and actually be a really big asset to DR. So uh, I think that the bottom line when you get down to it is all of these teams are really good where their best baseball can win it. If any of these yes. teams, particularly the top three, are playing their best baseball, they're going to be damn hard to beat. Yeah, that's that's the reality of it. You know, when you look, I think beyond the top three, those teams could be playing their best and they could still lose to the top three because these top three teams are just so loaded in every single way. So, you know, on any given day, a guy could win. But like you said, a big differentiator for me when I was doing these rankings, I mean, I think Dominican Republic is generally the consensus number one team. So it wasn't like a controversial take on my part. But I think the biggest differentiator was, like you said, you have a starting pitcher who is going to pitch as long as you let him. Sandy, for all he cares, Sandy would throw a complete game in the World Baseball Classic Championship. Yeah. He does not care. He's that type of pitcher, and he he will do that. And then, you know, if he's not allowed to go beyond, you know, five, six innings, you have a really good bullpen that's up there with any of the other bullpens. So I think that's the biggest factor is when you look at how this tournament runs with a one-off elimination bracket at the end of the tournament, it, it, there's no team better set up to win than the Dominican Republic. They they will be coming into this tournament expecting a second championship. There is nothing less. I, I mean, I said it in the power rankings. They are looking for nothing less than a second championship in the World Baseball Classic. Is the Does the final take place in Miami? I believe so, yeah. Yeah, so and that's another element of this too where it's like it's, it's sometimes you have to think about the parent club and, and what are their thoughts on Sandy going out and throwing 80 pitches or something like that. Uh, right. But – he's going to be on their mound in front of guys, yep. fans that they're hoping to sell tickets to. Yep. So 
they're going to be all for it. They, I mean, they, they're yeah. literally marketing Sandy as like buy some some season ticket packages probably around Sandy's starts. I mean, that's that's what you have to do as a small market with a guy like Sandy. So in that spot, especially pitching on his own mound, the mound he just won a Cy Young on. Yeah, yep. I mean, could Sandy Alcantara be the MVP of this tournament and, and lead the DR to a championship? Uh, absolutely. Easily. And I think what that that's the amazing thing is you can build a narrative around you know multiple stars on a lot of these top teams. I mean, you can say the same thing if you wanted to about you know Lindor on Puerto Rico or, or, or whatever other team. So uh, no, there's there's narratives everywhere. That's the thing about this tournament that makes it amazing, and especially within some of these top teams. I mean, there's there's multiple guys on each team among these top five teams, especially that could completely take over the narrative of the tournament and just become a superstar or ascend to an even higher level. Um, so it, it's going to be a blast to watch. Yeah. Man, I, I cannot wait for this and uh, to get you all ready for it again. If you're listening to this on Monday before the tournament, look for our team previews. Every single team has some interesting angle. We covered all of them. Uh, we got the power rankings. That is what this episode's based on. You can read that article. We'll link it in the description. Uh, I know there's going to be a betting preview that'll probably be up at this point. So people can see that. And we have your, everything you need to know about the world baseball classic article as well. When it comes to how the tournament is structured, where the games are played, how to watch them, all that good stuff. So make sure you read all of that content at just baseball.com. If you're listening to this show, follow us, Raiders review us, subscribe on YouTube to who's better baseball. <laughs>